0: I have known Dan Ludke for about thirty years. Dan and Stacy were in Evansville, and I actually went down there to do a Disciple Now weekend, and that's how I got to know them. They eventually relocated to Indianapolis and came to Northside, and have been with us ever since. And uh, this this guy, I'm sorry that you didn't get Romans. Eight, one, oh, good. Uh, because that, that's like his deal, but uh, I trust him with this, that he knows this well enough to teach you today, and uh, the Lord's going to speak through him. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dan Lukey.
1: Thank you, brother. Uh, Bob Warren is the author of the Roman study that uh, a lot of us have been uh, fortunate enough to be subject- subjected to. And it's interesting, in. Um, that this portion of that uh, c d series that Bob does, uh, the old one, and then he did one several years later, but in both of them he came out and said that uh, every time he does this portion of the message, uh, the evil one just really uh, wreaks havoc on his on everything and uh boy is is that not true because this last week has just been loaded with a bunch of different things going on uh personally professionally and spiritually so uh it has been uh like i said it's been a challenge but uh i'm very thankful that rusty had enough faith in me to uh, allow me to get up here and share with you guys um it's um you know my wife asked me this morning if i was nervous and i said no i'm just anxious and then uh, as it got closer to time i said okay now i'm getting nervous so um I told somebody else that uh, if one person uh, hears something out of this message that's beneficial, then it's worth it. Uh, if everybody else doesn't get anything out of it, uh, that's on you. So um, the uh, first of all, I want to say thank you to Jesus for allowing me to be up here. Um, you know, salvation is everything to us. And uh, it again, if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't be here. Um, I want to give a shout out to my favorite mother in law. Uh, She's down in Evansville. Hopefully she'll be watching this either live or on uh, or on tape. Um, I also want to give a shout out to my young favorite youngest daughter. Uh, She's out in Salt Lake City and uh, my favorite oldest daughter and her fiance. So uh, they've been uh, uh, just recently got engaged. So uh, shout out to them, too. Uh, They surprised me by being here today because I thought they were going to be down in Greenwood. the uh, And of course, my loving wife, uh, she really, really wanted to be up here, but I didn't want to share my uh, stage time fame with her. So uh, I, I decided to go solo. And once I get this published on uh, on the Internet, you guys will be at least a, l- a little bit uh, Internet famous. Um, I wanted to tell a little bit um, about my backstory. Uh, Rusty gave you a little bit of an introduction. But uh, I want to get into a little bit of that as well. Um, I was born in Van Nuys, California. Uh, My mom and dad split when I was uh, I was young and uh, I grew up in southern Indiana and a single parent home with my mom. Uh, I was number three out of five boys. Uh, My youngest baby brother died in a crib death. Um, He got his head stuck between the crib bars and strangled himself. And we lived in a small apartment down by the river. And uh, when that happened, the babysitter was so distraught that she thought that was her fault. Uh, She ran out of the apartment, was heading towards the river, and mom chased her down because what she was going to do is jump in the river, commit suicide, because she felt so bad about uh, what happened. So mom was a hero in that case. Um, I also remember one time uh, mom was telling us a story. She was asleep on the couch. And we're all in in our bedrooms and uh, somebody broke into the house and was up at my mom and said, don't scream. I got a knife at your throat. And uh, her mama bearings things kicked in and uh, she took the knife away from the guy and chased him out of the house. So uh, anyway, um, raising. I didn't know my dad growing up. Okay, Um, like I said, when they split. Uh, dad was out west mom was in Indiana and and we didn't have any contact with him uh, for those for the longest time and I'll, I'll touch on that here in a minute but just know that uh, raising four boys by herself is tough so Doug and Caroline uh, at least you got two, uh two helpers uh, but there is hope for your four boys so um, to this day I swear she had people watching out for us or cameras even before cameras were available uh, because she had us convinced that she could see uh, what we were doing. And uh, uh, when she was working, uh, she would come home and tell us about things that we did. And it just freaked us out because we we're like, how'd you know that? Uh, but I uh, never did figure out her secret. But uh, we didn't go to church or anything growing up. And my sense of right and wrong came from my desire not to disappoint my mom. OK, I do remember going to vacation Bible school and things like that, but not much more. Uh, When I was a freshman in high school, uh, one of my friends uh, told me that he had a dream um, that he and all the Christians took off flying up into the sky and going into heaven. And he said he looked back and he saw me left behind. And uh, that kind of got me thinking. uh, And I realized that I was scared to death and dying and I felt compelled to get me some fire insurance because I didn't want to get left behind. Um, I didn't know much about religion. I figured if I was going to do it, I was going to make—I was going to pick and choose what I wanted. Okay. Uh, first thing I needed was fire insurance, so I knew I had to figure out a religion that would at least have something to do with Jesus. And, and um, I needed something that gave me an out just in case I did mess up. So there was this thing called uh, confession that kind of intrigued me. Um, and I didn't drink at the time, but just in case I ever wanted to, I wanted to make sure I you know, my religion would allow me to do that, okay? Um, and I thought it would be, uh, so be best to be able to do that. So I made an appointment to meet with the priest and uh, see what it would take to join the church. Um, I didn't have my driver's license at the time, and um, a friend of mine did, and he had agreed to uh, take me to that appointment. Uh, well, the day of that appointment, uh, his girlfriend got killed in the car wreck. So obviously he wasn't able to take me to that appointment. Um, uh, to that appointment, and like I said, I was freaked out about death. I was freaked out about dying, so i didn't go to the funeral, but several of my friends did and they uh, several they obviously they preached a salvation message, and several of those friends uh, got saved and became Christians. Uh, they started going to church and uh, started inviting me, and eventually, I finally went. Uh, I listened to you know heard one of the messages, salvation messages. And I eventually walked the aisle, uh, professed faith in Christ and accepted Jesus and got saved myself. Um, It was an independent Baptist church and there were a lot of do's and don'ts, as I'm sure you all are familiar with. Uh, But it seemed to work for me. Um, I thought praying that prayer would automatically change some of my behaviors and uh, my thought patterns, but it didn't. Uh, So I didn't think it took. And I prayed that prayer and got saved over and again several times in the span of a few weeks. Because I just it, again just it didn't it didn't feel like it clicked. But as I continued to hang out in church and grow in my faith, I settled down a little. And when I messed up, I just asked for forgiveness over and over. And uh, there were some things that occurred in the church that were legalistic uh, that didn't make sense to me, but I tolerated it. Uh, fast forward to college, and fortunately, I was still in hold- still holding on to my faith and bounced around several Baptist churches while I was there. And the main criteria for me for a church to go to on Sunday morning was the one that started the latest because I wanted to be able to sleep in on Sunday morning, so uh, that worked for me. Uh, one of my roommates, um, he had a legalistic bent, and he had me convinced that uh, the don'ts had a lot to do with uh, had a lot of value and had a lot to do with your faith. Um, ironically, one of those don'ts had to do with bars and drinking, and my re- my wife reminded me of this this morning, but. Um, at one point in my life, uh, I wouldn't even go into restaurants that had a bar. (laughs) So just interesting where we're at now and what's being said. So um, shortly after college, uh, at my place of employment, one of the girls in the marketing department, uh, she went on maternity leave. And uh, they brought an intern in and she was single. And the ladies in the department wanted to fix her up with me and touted me as a good Baptist boy. Uh, When the intern heard that, She said, boy, have I got someone for him. Uh, And I was eventually introduced to my beautiful wife, Stacy. Um, We met in October, got engaged in December, and got married in June. Uh, Our oldest daughter, Amber, was born two years later, and uh, Brittany came along uh, two years after that. Uh, We both were involved in youth ministry, as Rusty said, and one year, um, not only did he do the disciple now, but they also brought him back as a in a seminar for, you know, how to do uh, youth ministry. And I, what I stated in my notes here is that this Indiana youth minister rock also known as Rusty Kennedy, came to the church uh, to do the uh, seminar on youth ministry. Uh, several months later, we got transferred up here. Uh, we joined Northside and um, worked with Rusty and the youth and um, have been growing in our faith ever since. Uh, about the same time that Keith and Rusty were talking about Uh, Keith was challenging Rusty with this uh, grace message thing. Uh, One of the college students at uh, Northside uh, introduced me to a grace message as well. And I started processing on my own. And as my understanding grew, spiritual things started to make more and more sense to me. As Rusty branched out, we wanted to continue to be part of whatever ministry God had to offer. And I finally got my hands on the Roman study. And it opened my eyes and my heart and my mind even more. I went through the class several times because uh, once wasn't just good enough for me because it was such a good message. I wanted to hear it over and over and over again, and I just couldn't get enough of it. Um, I mentioned earlier about my dad. Uh, we, like I said, didn't know him growing up uh, when I was it was 1995. I was 35 years old. Um, work gave me the opportunity to go out to California, and a buddy of mine was a uh, U.S. Marshal, and for the longest time, we couldn't find Dad, and uh, I gave some information to the U.S. Marshal, a friend of mine, and he was able to locate him for me. Uh, work took me out to California, and um, I had his address, and I went and did the work thing, um, walked up, uh, drove up to his house, knocked on the door, showed him a picture of me, and uh, said, I'm your son, and uh, I told him, I said, uh, after the birth of my daughter's, I couldn't understand why he would have wanted to not be a part of our lives. So I knew there was something that happened that uh, he just couldn't handle and didn't want to have a part of it. But I told him, I said, I'm coming here from Indiana. I just want you to know you've got a, two beautiful granddaughters and a daughter-in-law. And if you want to be a part of our lives, you can. So we did. And we developed that relationship over time. Excuse me. Okay. So we developed that relationship over time. And um, got to know him. Got to participate with him. Had the kids go out there and meet him and stuff. And... um, it's been a good thing. Good, It was a good thing for us. Um, last year during the COVID thing. Man, he started going downhill mentally or dimensionally, however you want to call it. So we went out there and picked him up and he's with us now. So anyway, who so uh, but again. Uh, that's a part of, um, again, who I am. And uh, what has happened in my life. So let's get on some good news. Uh, in Romans, um, this, this stuff is uh, as I call it, you know, it's kind of like a cook. Um, a cook can be a good cook, because what they put together, um, a lot of people like it. Uh, I think I'm the best cook in the world because what I cook for myself. It tastes great and I like it. So uh, similar to the way I'm teaching, um, I think it works for me. So hopefully it'll work for you. Um, There's the stuff that we're getting ready to get into is exciting. And it is. um, It it just there's so much that you want to share and uh, you can almost get tongue tied sharing it. Uh, Almost like this little guy. Jim, can you put that one up? And This is kind of what I feel like right here.
0: Have you ever had dreams that that you um you had you 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 could you do you you want you you could do so you you do you could you you want you want him to do you so
1: much you could do anything. So if this message happens to sound like that, uh, you've been forewarned. Uh, There is uh, uh, an old adage when you give speeches and some speech classes, they teach you to, you know, tell them what you're going to tell them and then you tell them and then tell them what you told them. And uh, I don't know if I'm going to get to that third part of it, but uh, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to tell you. And uh, to put it in today's uh, lingo, uh, here's the Twitter version of today's lesson, okay? So God created Adam and gave him the earth as his domain. Uh, Satan was jealous that his turf was taken from him and given given to someone else. He tempted, Adam fell, Adam's spirit died and was separated from God. The Adamic nature was born. We are a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. Since we are all in Adam's gene pool, we are born in the same condition Adam was in after he disobeyed. With a dead spirit, a spirit separated from God. Children of wrath. Uh, satan pollutes the minds of unbelievers and wants them to be miserable and have an improper view of themselves so they will have an improper view of god even before the ten commandments were given to moses people were born dead even though there were no laws to be broken and doing nothing wrong it wasn't what they did that condemned them it was who they were they were the adamic nature and one transgression by adam affected everyone who came after jesus single act of sacrifice on the cross rectified that for everyone who believes and trusts in what He did for them. The law teaches us that try as we might, we can't be good enough or do good enough. The law is the tutor that shows us that we can't and it leads us to understand our need of the Savior who can. God's grace reigns through Jesus, our righteousness, our life. That's the Twitter version. So, getting into it um, a little bit uh, more detail. Um, One of the things... um, in this passage, these passages of scripture, um, and Paul does it in a lot of his uh, epistles. Uh, he writes and he says things that are difficult to understand, and it's uh, good for me to know that not only when I read some of these things that Paul says and try and understand some of the words that he says, and it's confusing for me. It's interesting that even Peter in uh, First or Second Peter three sixteen. Paul, uh, it says, as in all Paul's letters, uh, speaking in them these things, in which there are some things that are hard to understand. So, Paul, or Peter even said, Paul writes in ways that is difficult to understand. Um, Paul spoke of some things in uh, Romans chapter 5, verses 12 through 21, um, that, again, have. Different meanings, words that say something and we probably have our own interpretation of them. And death is one of them. So a lot of people think about death and they think that that's uh, uh, physical death, uh, extinction. Uh, But some of the times that Paul talks about death, he's talking about it as as separation, uh, being separated from God spiritually. Okay, so death in some of these verses of Scripture uh, that we're going to read, it may mean physical extinction, or it may be separation. Um, sin is another word. Um, oh, I was going to tell you. Doug, I liked your your example of you know, impressing everybody with all your books. So, Vines Expository Dictionary, uh, and you don't have to tuck my word for it, uh, in here, uh, it will tell you that death has multiple meanings. It will tell you that the word sin has multiple meanings. Okay, Sin is an act of disobedience, uh, is what most people think of, Sin being uh, is when we mess up, do something wrong. Uh, But sin is also, uh, as Paul mentions, it's uh, an organized power uh, that works against man. And and it's also known as the law of sin, the power of sin, the evil one or just sin. And uh, that dude is not your friend. And that dude is your enemy. And that dude will try to convince you of a lot of things that are not true. So just know that there is an entity out there that is going to try to trip you up and make you not want to believe the truths that are mentioned in God's Word. Um, there are also some words that he's going to use in the latter part. Um, there's a, word, a three-letter word called all. Uh, sometimes all means all. Sometimes all means many. Sometimes all means few. And there's a, word named, a four-letter word, many. Sometimes it means all. Sometimes it means few. And then the word few, uh, again, it can get confusing and you got to look at things in context or the message that uh, can get misrepresented. And it has because a lot of people have taken several of these messages out of context and try to use it to their advantage to create a theology that's uh, vastly different than what we know to be true. The other thing I'm going to say that um, every, probably every speaker up here that has said, Rusty says it, Key says it, uh, don't believe anything that I'm telling you. Uh, be like the Bereans that are mentioned in the book of Acts. Uh, look up the words. Look up the word. Uh, look at Scripture. Uh, do it yourself. Find out how the Spirit's going to reveal it to you. Uh, don't just trust me. Don't trust Rusty. Uh, figure it out for yourself because the Spirit will show you. He'll lead you, guide you. And uh, find out for yourself that it's true. Um, the first verse of this study, um, I wish I had time to do this much in-depth study on all the verses, but we'd be here probably till next month. So I don't want to do that. But the first verse of this study, we're going to do a deep dive just to give you a little bit of flavor of uh, what it looks like to take a verse through uh, all 66 books in the Bible. And in Romans 5.12, can you throw that up here, Jim? Uh, Therefore, just as through one man centered into the world, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sin. Um, I think we can all agree who Paul's, that Paul's speaking of the, uh, as the man in verse 12, and that man is Adam. Um, however, there is a being that predated Adam, and he did a number himself with regards to sin, and that being is Satan. So sin was already in the world when Adam comes along. Okay, Satan had a pretty good gig back in the day. He was anointed cherub, he guarded the very throne of God and the earth was Satan's domain. But he got greedy, prideful, and a variety of other things and wanted even more. So to, to take it through a little bit more, uh, in Genesis 1-1, is that up there? Uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was a formless and desolate emptiness and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface in the waters. So in verse 1-1, He created... Uh, But in 1-2, it was desolate and empty and dark. You look in Isaiah chapter 45, verse 18, it says, For this is what the Lord says, He created the heavens, He is the God who formed the earth and made it. He established it, and did not create it as a waste place, but formed it to be inhabited. So in Genesis 1-2, it seems like it was a waste place, because it was desolate. So what happened between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2? And there are theologians out there that think that what happened was that was when the fall of Satan uh, came and uh, some things took place because in Ezekiel, we see that the original earth was created as a mineral garden and Satan was in charge. Uh, Due to his fall, it became desolate and empty and dark. But in Ezekiel 28, 12-15, it says, Son of Man, take up a song of mourning over the King of Tyre and say to Him, this is what the Lord God says. You had the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God, every precious stone which you're covering. The ruby, the topaz, the diamond, the barrel, the onyx, the jasper, the lap, lapis lazuli, the turquoise and the emerald and the gold. The workmanship of your settings and sockets was in you. On that day you were created. They were prepared. You were the anointed cherub who covers and I placed you there. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked in the midst of the stones of fire. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created until unrighteousness was found in you. And at some point, Satan picked up an attitude that he wanted to be just like God and worshiped. So in Isaiah chapter 14, uh, verses 12 through 14, it says, How you have fallen from heaven, you star of the morning, son of the dawn. You have been cut down to the earth, you who defeated the nations. But you said in your heart, "I will ascend to heaven, I will raise my throne above the stars of God, and I will sit on the mount of the assembly in the recesses of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, and I will make up myself in the, uh, the, uh, make myself like the Most high." Again, the being, Satan, he wanted to be just like God, and that same being is the one that detests you. Uh, 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be of sober spirit, be on the alert, because your adversary, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking who he can de- devour. Um, he doesn't want you to understand the truth from God's Word. He wants to confuse you. He wants to steal your joy and your peace. He wants you to view yourself incorrectly so that you in turn will view God incorrectly. Uh, bottom line is, he wants you to be miserable. Adam and Eve were created, and they were given dominion over the earth. And Genesis 1.26 tells us that. Uh, Satan isn't big on this idea. So he decides to trip things up in Genesis 3. And he tricks Eve into eating the forbidden fruit. And then Adam does it too. And at this point, some things begin to happen to Adam. So, like I said, Romans 5.12, just as through one man sin sin entered into the world. That word world, we know that Sin had already existed here because it was here when uh, Satan was here. So, uh, that word world there can contextually and correctly be translated as sin entered into man. So, when Adam tripped up, that's when power of sin started taking over Adam. Um, Since we know from... Yeah, so, in death through sin, um, this death was separation from God. Okay? Because... Adam didn't die immediately. Um, we know he sinned in verse, or chapter 3. He had a kid in chapter 4. So he didn't physically die. But uh, physical death was starting. He started uh, when he sinned. Physical death started because he's, he's eventually going to die. But the, the spiritual death that he died was separation from God. Were you able to get circle diagrams? Good. We're going to talk here about the circle diagrams, and uh, the uh, you throw one up. Okay, man is a three-part being. Um, He's uh, in First Thessalonians five twenty-three. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and uh, may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus. So the the body is what houses the soul and the spirit. And uh, the brain is a part of the body. And then uh, the soul is the mind, the will and the motions. Uh, man thinks with his mind, fills with his emotions and chooses with his will. I think uh, that may not be man, but woman, because uh, we don't fill with our emotions, do we guys? Just kidding. Uh, anyway, so. The spirit uh, is the part of the New Testament believer that houses God's presence. Uh, If it's void of God's presence, the man is dead to God. And uh, it is the avenue of the spirit that man communicates with God and God with man. So, once Adam fell, uh, is there another one? That's when the bad things started to happen. And this uh, power of sin, uh, the evil one, started infiltrating uh, the body. Um, So when Adam disobeyed God, this law of sin or the power of sin moved into Adam's spirit, soul, and body. And Adam was then influenced by the messages he receives from the law of sin or the power of sin. So there are are things that goes on. uh, The power of sin will talk to you. And more often than not, he'll talk to you in first-person pronouns. And he will try to make you believe or think, or do uh, things that aren't true. And so, uh, as we're going to learn in future uh, chapters in 6, 7, 8, how to overcome uh, that power of sin. But just know that that entity is real. And uh, and He's out to get you. So let's just say it that way. Uh, Power of sin is Satan's agent. Uh, Satan can't be everywhere at once. He uses the power of sin to do his dirty work. Uh, the power of sin can be viewed as the opposite of the Holy Spirit. Uh, when God speaks to the soul of man, he speaks to the Holy Spirit. When Satan speaks to the soul of man, he speaks to the power of sin. So, um, go ahead and go to that next one if both of them will show up. So, the old self, again, um, is who you are before you are a believer. Okay? Okay so uh there is there are things going on you're you've got a dead spirit you're separated from God um, the power of sin is runs rampant if you will as a believer, go to the next one um, the holy spirit is is in you're connected to God the mind will and emotion uh don't have the power of sin there but the brain, the body, the flesh is still influenced by that the evil one. Uh, he, if you choose to listen to those lies and the messages that he he gives, uh, that's when it can trip you up. So, furthering on into Romans uh, chapter five, verse thirteen and fourteen: uh, For until the law was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Uh, Nevertheless, death reigned for Adam until Moses, even those who had not sinned in the likeness of the offense of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. So the Ten Commandments, the law, they were given to Moses in Exodus. But uh, prior to that, there were no laws to break. But there were still people that were condemned uh, because, not because of anything that they did, because it was who they were. They were the Adamic nature. They had the dead spirit. They were separated from God so it 's not what you do it 's who you are that condemns you, okay um, they were uh, because they were descendants of Adam, and Adam had the dead spirit, and we were all in adam 's gene pool, so we all inherited that dead spirit as well the in fourteen where he talks about not sinning in the likeness of the offense of Adam um, the not sinning the uh, like Adam had a commandment don 't eat there were those that didn't have commandments, so they didn't sin like Adam did. But um, Adam had a direct co- direct command from God. They did not. Uh, and who is the type of him to come? Adam and Jesus, neither one of them had earthly fathers. Okay. Adam was created void of a sin nature. Christ never possessed a sin nature. Adam's wife was taken from his side and Christ's bride, the church, was taken from his pure side. So... Uh, 13 and 14, again, it talks about condemnation that occurred uh, to, to people uh, even before the 10. But again, it's not what they did by breaking a law, if you will. It was who they were. It's because they were of damnic nature, spiritually dead from God. Romans 5.15, but the free gift is not like the transgression. For if by the transgression of the one, the many died, much more did the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abound to the many. So the one transgression by Adam resulted in everyone dying spiritually as well as eventually physically. And where he says the many died, uh, that's one of those words, many, that not many died, but all died. Okay, so that many is translated as all and abound to the many. And uh, that many means all who choose to believe. So um, if the grace of God abounds to you, it's as a believer, okay? Uh, the transgression being, so this transgression uh, and one uh, way to try to explain it, uh, the transgression that Adam did was kind of like if you took a match and you started a forest fire. So the value of the, you know, what he did, it started the forest fire. But even greater um, in, that, in a comparison would be if Jesus comes along and puts all that forest fire out, uh, that What he did for us is being the greater act. okay? and then again, to put it in today's uh, verbiage, that one person that affects everybody with the coronavirus um, is an act, but I need an even greater act is if Jesus would come along and heal everybody. So that's how much more what Jesus did for us than what Adam did to start it all. So what Jesus did for us is a big deal. And we can see that in verse uh, 16. So Romans 5.16, the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For on the one hand, the judgment arose from one transgression, resulting in condemnation. But on the other hand, the free gift arose from many transgressions, resulting in justification. Adam's sin resulted in condemnation to all mankind. Like I said, it's uh, because of the dead spirit being introduced into all of mankind because we're descendants of Adam. Um, and we have the Adamic nature, and we're dead to God, but Jesus gave us the way out. So what Jesus did for us uh, results in the justification. Uh, what Adam did to us was the condemnation. In Romans five seventeen to 19 uh, for if by the transgression of the one, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Reigning in life through yielding to Jesus Christ uh, and His indwelling presence, which means we can live above anything that comes our way. Uh, We can experience life by living the life of another, the life of Christ. Galatians 2.20 says that I've been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. When we can understand how to allow God to live through us, Uh, that's when we can start understanding about how we can live abundantly. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying that trusting in Him and allowing Him to do do things through us uh, is the intent that God wants us to live. If you go all the way back to the garden and the tree, that tree of life was there and it was God's life and He had given it to Adam and Eve because He wanted Adam and Eve to live through His life. And that's what he wants for us to do. Didn't work out for them. We've got the opportunity for it to work, for, work out for us as we allow uh, God and Christ to live through us. Um, in 518, so then as through one transgression, there resulted condemnation to all men. Even so, through one act of righteousness, uh, there resulted justification of life to all men. The one transgression uh, and that condemnation lines up with Ephesians 2, 3, where it says we're called children of wrath and that all means all. So um, one transgression there resulted in condemnation to all men. That all means all uh, one act of righteousness resulted in justification and salvation to all men. Um, that's that all I'm going to say has to say has to mean uh, the ones who choose to trust in Jesus. But again, some people will translate that all, that uh, justification salvation to all men is a, a, an answer to universal salvation. And I don't believe that's true. Uh, so the salvation to all men, uh, it comes to the ones who choose to trust in Jesus. In 519, uh, for as through the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, Uh, Even so, through the obedience of the one, the many will be made righteous. Uh, Again, the first many means all. uh, And again, the second many means to the ones who believe. Romans 5.20, uh, the law came in so that the transgression would increase. But where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. The Big L, capital L law, uh, the 10, uh, helps us to learn what we can't do. Okay? Uh, once we figure out what we can't do, um, we can trust in Him who did and can do it. uh, And who did do it. Um, Galatians says that the law is the tutor that leads us to Christ. Uh, And there's a tricky saying, God won't give us anything we can't handle. And I think it's best that we learn from things that we can't handle. uh, Because I think God will give us stuff that we can't handle. And He's given us that because he, He wants us to understand that we can't do it. He wants to do it through us. Um, So in essence, it can be a good thing if we realize we're not able to do it, but He is. 521, uh, so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace would reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Uh, Eternal life is God's kind of life. Uh, No beginning, no end. Uh, It's the kind of life that every, every believer gets once they trust in Him. In John 10, uh, Jesus spoke of the false teachers that came before him as a thief. Uh, John 10.10 10 says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And I came that he would have life and have it abundantly. Or they would have life and have it abundantly. I think the, t- the thief term there can also uh, be used to describe Satan and his objectives. Uh, he wants to steal, kill, and destroy us. He's our enemy. But thankfully, Jesus came so that we can have life and we can have it abundantly. Uh, We're going to learn more about this power of sin character in the coming weeks. Um, But just know that the power of sin wants you to dwell in your past. He wants to remind you of who you were. And the Holy Spirit wants to remind you of who you are. Uh, He wants you to understand your true identity. So, just remember that you are a new creation you're justified, you're perfected, you're forgiven, you're sanctified, you're glorified, you're saint, and you're holy. And that's your identity.
0: He survived. Uh, Dan, when I was in seminary, we had a professor, Dr. Garrett, and we all called him machine gun Garrett, <laughs> because it felt like he was just like, Da-da-da-da-da. you gave so much information right there that is critical, critical to understanding. And there's probably no way that you could have absorbed everything that he just presented right there. So what we do, I will, usually by Monday afternoon between Jim and I, we have, uh, we'll we post all this stuff. Like I'll put Dan's notes on there with his verses on leavener.com. If you go under Community of Believers and look under Teachings, right there, you will have all of Dan's notes. Any messages that we've taught, the notes are always there. I put my notes on there. Uh, the audio message is there if you just want to listen to it. The YouTube link is there if you want to watch it. You can take Dan's message, which he did a fabulous job, and pause it and look. Look this stuff up because uh, he gave you a lot of information right there. We'll put those circle diagrams on there and everything else uh, so you can process it. It's also in the app. We don't put the notes in the app, but we put the audio message and the the YouTube link in there in the app, so uh, you guys can go back and and just process all that was said this morning. You did a great job, buddy. That was a lot of information. What? Yeah, the podcast. If you just if you just want to listen to it, you can go out there on Google or iTunes and search Levener, and it's just. Yes, Jim says you could subscribe to it, hit the subscribe thing, and uh, subscribe to Leavener. It's it's not Leavener podcast, that was the old one if you got my email, but it's just Levener out there, and uh, you can listen to those on the weekly as well, but yes. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Did you hear that? He said he's deaf in one ear, so he talks twice as fast. Uh. Again, thank you. It was beautiful. Uh, next Sunday, I'm really excited about this. Some of you that are sitting in here uh, are going to be up on stage, but I'm going to have eight, eight guys and girls that range from the age of 18, I think, to 26, 27 years old. And we're going to process what we've heard in Romans chapter 5 with those eight young adults. Um, And they've got some interesting backgrounds. I think it's going to be an exciting time. So if you have teenagers or college students, I would highly encourage them to be here next Sunday. It's going to be a great Sunday. Um, So until then, enjoy the spring weather. Easter is coming. Easter is every day, right? Easter is every day. But Easter is coming that we'll celebrate. And you guys just have a great week. I love you. And we'll see you next Sunday right here.